Thank you for listening to the Starburns Audio Podcast Network. We have so many great comedy shows to add to your playlist. Just last week on Starburns Audio, our new player has joined. Keith and Jesse talked to Dr. Christopher Hale about getting involved with the Sister District Project. They also discuss fascism and gaming and echo the dolphin. On The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Kinane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows. Featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's episode is in honor of International Women's Day. It's how to become an independent woman. Let's do this. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. Uh, before we start, I'd love to give a shout out to Russian Goddess who left us this awesome review. Uh, she said, love this podcast. Natasha's hilarious and the advice her guests give is priceless. It's like talking to some really smart girlfriends all about the dating stuff I want to learn. Um, thank you so much, Russian Goddess, for taking the time to write that. Uh, it really, I think, makes all of us very, very happy, especially the girl squad that's now on the show, um, that we can connect with you guys and that you you know relate to all the topics uh and we'd love if you could keep writing into us and leaving us a review on the podcast app and like russian goddess we'll shout you out so thank you so much uh and today's guest is nothing short of extraordinary uh, i told you our guests are priceless and they give priceless advice and you're gonna love this one um she's somebody who's totally living her truth and embodying everything we talk about today and we're gonna talk about today her name is madam gandhi also known as Kiran Gandhi. Uh, she's an electronic music artist and activist who's gained recognition as the former drummer for MIA, who I love and who the fuck doesn't, um, and as the iconic free bleeding runner at the 2015 London Marathon. Madam Gandhi now writes music that elevates and celebrates the female voice. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's so exciting. We are in your amazing house, and guys, you can't see this, but like it's dope like I can't even describe it it's like an awesome <laughs> loft it's uh my favorite color yellow uh it's just like so you um have you always just kind of like embraced who you are and like whatever's going on in your head or did it did that have to be cultivated I think um it's it's since childhood it's always in phases it's like mm. I feel like I fully come into myself and I I graduate from a phase and I feel really um comfortable in the things that I love to do and who I am and then it kind of almost breaks down and starts all over again and it's like I feel awkward and out of place and not in the vibe or not in the flow or um not not being my best self or sort of achieving my fullest potential and then it builds up again mm -hmm. and then I feel really proud of another phase. So it's it's been like that since childhood, ebbs and flows of uh, enormous amounts of confidence and then enormous amounts of, uh, of vulnerability. Yeah, and, and that's important for people to know because some people think that like when we see really confident people or really, you know, like authentic people, you think they must have just always been like that. And I think it's important for people to know, like sometimes you have to lose yourself to find yourself, as they say, like you need that balance. Yes, and it's about um, being brave enough to fail forward. Mm -hmm. Like I think I have developed this, this kind of self-trust, let's say, where I know what it feels like when I am my fullest self. And so therefore I don't mind 
um, taking risks mm-hmm. or performing in situations that are difficult or that are a reach, you know? And mm-hmm. even if it goes badly, I know that I have to do those shows a couple times for the sh- really good shows to start mm-hmm. happening. Or I have to make a bunch of really bad music to make a lot of really awesome music. Right. Or um, I have to play drums and like go through the routines of performing or practicing stuff that's really difficult mm-hmm. to then get to the stuff that's really good. And for me, it's always been about consistency, self-trust and playing the long game. I like that. And how come your focus is like the female voice? Um, I think just since childhood, you know, I grew up in New York City to very amazing Indian parents who um, put my brother and sister and I in in wonderful, you know, schools in New York. And we had access to like incredible female role models and female peers and teachers and um, athletes and musicians from a young age. And obviously my two parents are, are extraordinary. And so when I would watch pop culture, whether it was music videos or even watching Disney movies like Aladdin um, or the Power Rangers, I would constantly see these themes where the men were sort of the leaders of their own destiny Mm -hmm. and the ones who would be saving other people and reaching their fullest potential. And oftentimes it was the female characters who needed rescuing or Mm -hmm. were the girlfriend or what was the side story. And I found myself as a young girl relating more to the male characters because I was like, well, I feel capable and independent and fierce and free, um, but I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. And I picked up on those themes at a young age and felt upset that there wasn't more of me represented in the media. And I'll never forget the joy that I felt in the very sort of like child, um, you know, childish joy, nice, like vulnerable, no, Mm -hmm. not vulnerable, like um, innocent joy that I felt when the Spice Girls came out and I was just so obsessed. I was an eight-year-old. We had moved from New York City to Mumbai for a couple years Mm. and I was the number one fan. I mean, I was like ordering all the lollipops and the Barbies and the backpacks and and like platform shoes. Platform shoes. I was like (laughs) a different one of of the Spice Girls every day. I loved this thing of like, if you want to be my lover, you have to get with my friends, like girl power first, girl posse first. I was like, this is how I feel, but I've never seen this before. Like, this is this is the truth. You yeah. know, that's how I felt. I was like, the Spice Girls are the, the truth. truth. <laughs> that's how I felt. And so when you feel that kind of joy, you don't forget it. Mm. And it's so interesting because 20 years later, those feelings of joy influence my work today because mm. I want to be maybe not the Spice Girls for the next generation of young girls, but I want to be that alternative so that when someone who looks like me but is eight years old today is like, where are the really rad women making cool music? Where are they? You know, I'm there on, on Spotify as an alternative for mm-hmm. them to find. I Yeah, I think the world needs that. I think all, all girls need that. So I applaud you for, for being that voice. Um, thank you so much for that. Uh, I have to ask every guest this, single or in a relationship? Single, baby. Yes, girl. Ready to mingle? <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know. I'm like very <laughs> joyful by myself right I now. I like that. Good. I have to say like music and yeah, this yellow loft, I've been feeling really like uh, focused on my, my passions and my mission these days. But every time I've been in a relationship, um, I've always met that person just like in the flow of what I was doing already. Yeah. Um, because that means that we both already kind of like shared the same interests and we're in the same flow in that moment i call it atomic living like boom atomically you met in a moment um and there was a lot of positive energy there so i never find myself actively looking for a partner but i love to be in love so much so whenever it happens i'm excited for it yeah it's uh we had a a guest uh, named james kyson on the show i think um there have been 60 something shows guys i don't remember but go back it's like number seven or something um we talked about the one and he's he gave this like amazing quote that the best dating app is doing what you love Mm, and that's how i feel because it's really like what you said like go do the activities you enjoy doing and you'll likely meet people like like like-minded around that yes um so today we're talking about uh, independent women. We're celebrating International Women's Day, which is this week. And, uh, you know, what, is, what does it mean to be an independent woman? I think to me, being an independent woman means you are reaching your fullest potential, being your most authentic self, and being brave enough to make decisions that you feel excited and happy about, mm-hmm. to prioritize your own joy and your own comfort. Now, being an independent woman oftentimes can swing too far on the opposite um, side of the pendulum, which sounds like, um, you know, fuck this guy and like, 
fuck everybody. I'm mm-hmm. going to do me. And I, I don't give any fucks. Like, I understand that. I, and I feel that way many times. And I think there's good in that, which is like, um, you've felt some sort of oppression and now you want to revolt against that. But I think the the most joyful definition of independent that I really like is like, when I'm prioritizing me being my best self, it now allows me to most vibrantly serve my community and the people mm-hmm. that I'm with so that I'm vibrating at a high level and my family, my partner, my community, my audience can receive the best version of me and I can be contributing the best I can to making the world a better place. And I think we limit what we as women are able to do in this society Mm -hmm. because we tend to value women for their looks and we tend to value men for their skill sets. Mm -hmm. And when you value women for their looks, then we teach young women from a young age that they should be prioritizing like their makeup and their hair and not their own joy Mm -hmm. and their own passions and Mm -hmm. their own interests and skill sets and ability to contribute uh, value to the world or to the community that they serve. So I'm really interested in cultivating a definition of independent woman, which means let me be my best self so that I can serve my community and my partner and my sphere to the best of my ability. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's interesting. This week, actually, I just posted on Instagram this picture of me where, you know, also, also being Indian, um, sometimes I get wary of like wearing certain things or being too risque or like, Oh my God, what if somebody thinks like I'm too uh, revealing in something. And then finally I was just like, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. Cause then I, I actually just was talking about it that in that post that people will be surprised to know that I was like the Coke bottle glasses wearing nerd who like spent like literally every single day at a library. Like I would go for an hour. I brought like all kinds of books. Like that was my fun place. I, you know, would sit under tables and read. I never went out. I didn't party. I didn't do any of that stuff. But I always felt that um, the world made me pick between being smart and being whatever they deemed attractive. And so I felt like, and then I, I, I joked that I had like a she's all that moment in like 10th grade and suddenly people started looking at me and I remember my perception changing and being like, this is weird. Like I'm still the same person, but you're looking at me differently now. And I, and then I started feeling more pressure to prove to everybody I'm smart. I'm so smart. I'm not like the sudden pretty face that you think I am. And so I started shrinking myself in the other way and just like, You know, uh, I mean, a lot of my friends tell me all the time, like, it's only now that I even wear a bikini. Like, there was a point that I just became so shy and I'd be like, no, I I just did. I thought that if anybody saw me as remotely attractive, that it would diminish my intelligence. And it took me a long time to come to that place of security where I was like, look, people are going to see what they want to see anyways. It really doesn't matter. It's not going to take away any of my achievements or any of my work or who I am. And, and I'm just done with fucking society telling us that like women can only be one thing or the other. Like, fuck that shit. We could be whatever we want to be. Like, we don't look at a man and and say, oh my God, that hot guy in the suit, he must be dumb. Mm. We're going, hot guy in the suit must be fucking smart. Mm. He's a go-getter. Mm. He's this and that. But he's also hot. Mm. But for girls, we look at them and we're like, oh, well, you must be blah, 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 blah. So I've just been like, per, on a personal level, it's been like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, but yeah, the, the independent woman is also, you know, especially in this kind of like dating sphere, um, also somebody who's like self-sufficient, right? Like financially emotionally uh physically and uh i don't know how how you feel but i learned it like i remember when i first moved to new york uh i didn't have uh i came with two bags of clothes and uh the the bags weighed more than me (laughs) uh, on a bus and i remember going to penn station and being like shit there's a giant flight of stairs up how am I going to get up there with two bags and nobody in New York helps you. So they just obviously walk by. This is like a decade ago. Nobody gave a fuck. And I remember being like, well, figure it out. And so, you know, I literally carried one bag at a time up every step and like until I got to the top. Now, fast forward 10 years later, people are like, hey, can you do this? I'm like, I I got it. I can handle this on my own because it's not like a you handle things. and uh, obviously the confidence and security of knowing who you are. So you're not like the person who's getting 
jealous unnecessarily or whatever. You just know that everybody has their own vibe and their own personality and there is no competition. Just competing with yourself to be better. Um, there's a really good book also that I want to talk about, guys, uh, that's also about this called Why Men Love Bitches. Um, it's by Sherry uh, Argov. And she talks about, like, kind of what you were saying. Like, p- girls sometimes think that being independent means I don't give a fuck about a guy. But she says it's a bitch means being strong but kind. And I think that's, like, an important thing for us to keep reminding people as we go through this that independence doesn't mean anger and like f- fuck the world kind of thing. I'm very interested in love. I'm very mm-hmm. interested in love. To me, Madam Gandhi means, you know, leading from your feminine power, mm-hmm. um, which for me is rooted in love. I'm very interested in being assertive and creating boundaries where I need to and protecting my most wholesome self but with love, with the intention of good, not with the intention to harm others. Mm-hmm. And I think we live in a hierarchical paradigm where most um, structures are set up that for one person to benefit, somebody else has to lose. And I talk often in my work mm-hmm. about the slogan, the future is female, which to me, at least adopted in the modern context, means what can we learn from the feminine energy in all of us that can inform leadership uh, that combats the very hypo-machismo leadership that we're seeing no longer works. We have number 45 in the White House and everything is ego-driven mm-hmm. as opposed to intelligence and love-driven. It's We would rather fight than collaborate. We see uh, weakness in collaboration instead of realizing that the ability to speak intelligently, to peace-build, to negotiate is a very difficult uh, skill set. And then mm-hmm. if you have it, it requires enormous strength to be able to be patient um, and to be able to be emotionally intelligent when you're negotiating something so when i you know came up with my project and a friend of mine started nicknaming me madam i was like where are you getting that from they're like you're such a madam because you're so bossy and like you're very assertive but like people do 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 want to listen to you in the same way you know you see a bossy indian madam you know <laughs> in in where we come from in mm-hmm. india where it's sort of like the the female of the household and you kind of listen to what she says because you know it's in your best interest and you know it comes from love and I think um, no matter where you go in the world, that sort of archetype of the mother of the household, alpha, uh, where you listen to her because you know the food is going to be good if you yeah. listen to her. You know your well-being is going to be good if mm-hmm. you listen to her. You know that whatever she's saying is coming from a place of love. And I'm very interested in that. And that's, I think it comes from the feminine, but it can be adopted by anybody. Agree. Um, and I'm moreover interested in us as women not trying to masculinize and fit into systems that were built by men for men, but I'm very interested in us as women painting the alternative and actually having the men come into our fold and be like, oh, I can go to a gym class where people encourage each other and the music is joyful and no one's competing and like lifting weights that are way too heavy for them. Mm -hmm. I can go into a work environment where someone actually compliments the work that I'm doing instead of telling me that I did everything wrong and making me stay eight extra hours that I don't need to stay. Let's build the alternative that we that we are seeking, you know, because I don't think it exists in the very male dominated paradigm that we see today. And then the other thing I was going to add when you were speaking um, was about beauty. And I think for me, I've always found the people who like I think are insanely beautiful, male, female or any gender that they identify with is when they're just like their best self, like they're in their flow. You know, they like worked out. They slept well that day. They're like really doing well at their job or their passion. And they're just like so stoked on life. And you're like, oh, my God, I want to be around you all the time because not only are you happy with what you're doing, you're like giving me love and joy as well. And those are the people who I've always been attracted to. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, oh, my God, what do you have going on? Because I want to like resonate on that energy, you know, and it doesn't matter your age or your race or your gender. It's really just like, are you good to your inner self? Because Mm -hmm. I really feel like it translates. So that's how I've I've uh, felt. I define beauty. No, it's it's very true. Um, why do you think, though, that because, you know, you were saying people do struggle with this like masculine energy, especially as females, like that's what independence means. Why do we think like being independent or being an independent woman has such a negative connotation nowadays? Oh, because it threatens the male paradigm. Mm-hmm. Because if any, if you, once women have their power, we're going to have an enormous paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. People who are threatened 
by someone who is in the minority, like female, like black in America, like gay in a, a straight context, like trans in a cis context, like a uh, non-able-bodied in an able-bodied country. Whenever we are threatened by that, it's because that's somebody in power with something to lose. And when you obtain your power by oppressing somebody else, that's not a way to obtain power. And so therefore you feel like you want to um, keep the other person uh, at bay. If, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. You can go. It's no, okay. no, no, please go. I would say that we should all have power, but it shouldn't be derived from the oppression of others. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in defining power as how much you serve your community, not how much you exploit your community. Mm -hmm. And I think we are threatened by the concept of independent woman because that means now that when people, you know, when when we see marriage, it, then you're not only going to prioritize the male's career, you're going to prioritize both careers. You're going to understand that, that person's no longer dependent on you, so you can't control them, um, as a small example. And then the other thing I was going to say is that I also am not interested in... I, I think that, you know, maybe people are threatened by the idea of independent woman because um, angry women makes people uh, feel uncomfortable because we're supposed to be demure and pretty. Mm -hmm. I think women are allowed to experience and express the fullest range of their emotions. But I don't um, like fighting fire with fire. I'm interested in fighting, you know, oppression with love. Mm -hmm. and sometimes I wonder, though, you know, I think there are some some men who are really trying to oppress. But I also think that there are some guys, like psychologically, who are just shook up because when women started redefining our role and what we were capable of, there's a psychological shift that comes with that of like, oh shit, I can do all these other things and with you know knowledge comes power. And I think with guys too, I think their their like their psyche gets like kind of thrown of like my role has always been provider. That's what society has told me my role is to to give you you know provide money to support um, uh, all of that kind of stuff. That now if a woman is capable of doing that on her own, I think guys are like fish out of water. They're like fledgling, like, I just where's my existence? To, right, and, and I think, as I said earlier, masculinity and femininity shouldn't be defined by European colonizer gender roles. Yes. They should be defined by the amount of value that you're delivering to the partnership. Exactly. And I feel like men should be looking for that in women as well. It shouldn't just be how hot you are. It should be, what do you bring to this exactly. partnership? Can yep. you take care of me when I'm sick? Mm -hmm. In the same way, I would love to be able to take care of you. I talk a lot about menstrual health and hygiene. And instead of men telling their female partners, you're grossing me out when you're on your period, I wish men would actually, that's real masculinity to me is saying, wow, my babe needs something. What do you need, babe? Mm -hmm. Like, I got you. Do you need amazing sex? I got you. Mm -hmm. Do you need a tampon? I got you. Do you need a massage? I got you. Like, that's fucking masculinity. Like, that's hot. You're a real partner in the same way you would expect the same from your woman when you're down. You would expect her to pick, like, pick you up and whatever. The older constructs are the male provides uh, the money and the woman provides uh, the domestic sort of households, beauty, sex, all these sort mm -hmm. of constructs. But men have to provide good sex now just as much as the woman. And I think that the woman should provide um, financial sustainability for her own joy and happiness so that the the partnership stays interesting and, and flourishing. Yeah, because, I mean, a partnership is never just, just the shit that you do. It's the intention behind it. It's like you said, the value that you're bringing, like... You know, I, I could name you a million guys who've like who I've dated who who give me a lot of things, but they almost don't even need it. And I'm like, so why did you do that? Well, I mean, I thought it was supposed to be something I was supposed to do. And I'm like, well, then that's not fucking real cool. love. That's not like right. that's not. Even, I would rather you not men. do it. Yeah, and that's sad for men too. I think it's sad when women exploit the system and expect men to pay for them. Yeah. I think that's. Um, women participate like perpetuating sort of a problematic mm -hmm. norm at the same time most of the norms don't work in our favor so every now and then if a woman does choose to exploit the one or two things that do work in her favor yeah you have my blessing sis. <laughs> it's fucking fine you have my blessing you. <laughs> but obviously i understand in, in my own work i try very much to conduct business as an equal partner and not exploit the very things that do that could privilege my femininity as a in the spirit of like honoring my own intention i, agree. I was also going to say though um 
I think it's really sad the where where dating has come because I think it's this awkward dance that both don't know what's appropriate. Both don't know how broken the other person is yeah. from from dating. Mm-hmm. Both don't know the expectations. Both don't know like how much of the traditional aspect of dating the other wants to actually um, perpetuate versus not. Mm-hmm. But in my ideal utopia, it would just be about an attraction that starts because both people are vibing with each other and then both analyze what are the skill sets of each partner so that we can develop like a teamwork system. Mm-hmm. So if it, the girl is actually the better one at, and we're talking also in this conversation, like presupposing very heteronormative like relationships. Of course, yeah. I'm happy to also like talk about queer relationships. Cause yeah. I think in queerness, you are actually able to fundamentally break down a lot of the expectations that are problematic in society. Yeah. But presupposing we're talking about a heteronormative relationship, the, let's say the girl is the one who's good at math, you know, maybe she's the one who figures out the the bill and splits it at the end and like, and pays it. Maybe she's the one who's making more in that moment. So she should pay more. Like yeah. if later on he's making more then he should pay more in the relationship. If he's the one who's really good at cooking and he's fine, he enjoys it. He should be the one cooking it or vice versa. If she's the one who's really good at it, she should do it, but it shouldn't be an assumption that she's going to make a meal every single night just because she's female. That's not even fun. That's just boring. Exactly. And I mean, we've, we've talked about the reach a lot on the show is like just one concept at the end of a date of like who reaches for the, you know, do you reach for the check? And, um, a lot of guys nowadays are, you know, write girls off who at least don't even reach. And, and it's funny because I have girlfriends who yell, at me that I'm always reaching and that I end up actually paying for a lot of dates and I'm just like yeah but it's okay for me you know and especially once I'm actually dating somebody I have a rule I'm like I'm an equal partner in this so you pay one date I'll pay one date so it never feels like either feels used or obligated or any of that weirdness and both feel like they contributed like I used to date guys and and they'd be like, but let me pay. And I'm like, but I want to. It makes me feel like I contributed to this relationship. Exactly. So let me. And The I same way you want to feel that. 100%. And I think even more so, one of the dark, like one of the more dangerous parts of dating, especially I see this with young people on college campuses, is that the second that the man pays, he feels entitled to some sort of sex. And yep. that's really, really dark. Yeah. And that's when a lot of young people, 17, 18, 19, I've heard this story so many times where they feel bad. They say literally those are the worlds. Well, I felt bad. Yeah. And it's like, that's fucked up. Like you should want to have sex with your partner. If you don't want to have sex, yeah. doing any kind of sexual activity because you feel obligated or indebted to somebody because they bought you a fucking alcoholic drink, which isn't even good for you. This is like bad on bad on bad. No. Well, that keep your and- drink. Let's get amazing almond milk, turmeric, healthy elixir. Go for a nice walk, and I'll let's catch the vibe. If I yeah. want to take my clothes off with you, I will do it, but in my own terms. Totally. And and th- for those people, if there's anybody out there who ever does feel like that, because I'm sure we all have in our life, remember that the other person is a grown ass fucking person. They chose to buy you that fucking food. I don't give a fuck. I don't. I don't fucking owe you shit. Because I'm like, you are a grown ass person. If you chose to buy me something, that's on you. I didn't ask. That was something you decided to do. Two, now I have a fucking choice. And if I choose to want to do something with you, then it's great. But I don't feel fucking obligated. Yeah, for I shit just, I've never I'm felt like, totally. And I just don't think it's hot to like sleep with someone because you feel bad exactly. for them or because you feel like you owe it to them. Yeah. That's, it's not sexy to do that. Yeah. And it, I would. I wish, um, I really wish men could also open up their own eyes to realize that they should be doing things to also want to feel wanted by your female partner. Like you should be noticing if someone's sleeping with you because they feel bad or indebted to you versus because they can't keep their hands off of you. It's so true. And it's like so funny because I don't know if guys give a fuck. (laughs) But that's really problematic. (laughs) And that's that's a psychological problem that men need to do some work on. Totally. I completely agree. We have so much to talk about. Um, We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the misconceptions. We kind of started talking about it a little. Uh, Misconceptions about being an independent woman and maybe some tips on how people can be a little more independent. But first, this message. Introducing McDonald's new one, two, three dollar menu with breakfast favorites for one, two, or three dollars. So now you can save for a, a new gaming console for my son. Wait, isn't your son five months old? Who told you? I just know these things. Build whatever meal you want with favorites on McDonald's new one, two, three dollar menu. Wake up to savory sausage and fluffy scrambled egg with our one dollar sausage burrito. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. 
Introducing McDonald's new one, two, three dollar menu with breakfast favorites for one, two, or three dollars. So now you can save for a, a new gaming console for my son. Wait, isn't your son five months old? Who told you? I just know these things. Build whatever meal you want with favorites on McDonald's new one, two, three dollar menu. Wake up to savory sausage and fluffy scrambled egg with our one dollar sausage burrito. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hey, hey, guys, welcome back. You're listening to Kind of Dating. I'm Natasha Chandel. In honor of International Women's Day, we are talking about how to become an independent woman. And I have EDM artist and activist, uh, Madam Gandhi, here with us today. Thank Hi. you so much for joining us. Yeah. Um, before the break, we started talking, you, you had mentioned a little bit about the misconceptions of being a, an independent woman. Um, and one was you're masculine and you're, you know you aren't feminine and you're kind of angry and whatever. Um, what are some of these other misconceptions that people have of, of independent women? Well, I want to also just add a nuance to the point that you just yeah. made was, I think you can be masculine. You can be feminine. You can be angry. You can be demure. I'm really interested in us feeling free and safe enough to be our most authentic self. Mm -hmm. To me, that's independent woman. Like if right now, um, I said that I, uh, promise something to somebody else but i didn't really want to do it like independent woman means you wouldn't have even made that promise to mm -hmm. begin with you believe in yourself enough and you have enough confidence to say no i'm not interested in that and thank you so that if you wanted at 7 p.m to go for that run you're protecting what it matters to you to See. go to go do that run yeah i think independent woman means this person is constantly operating at a way that is authentic to their inner beliefs what's in their mind is more or less what comes out mm -hmm. they're consistent they're reliable they're loving they're fierce they um express themselves in a way that feels like this is really that person mm -hmm. they show up to meetings and events and parties as themselves they show up to a date a date as themselves and when we say doesn't don't give a fuck it means like I'm not compromising my authentic self and the way I am because I care so much about what society thinks. Mm -hmm. That's what I don't give a fuck means. And if anything, you give a lot of fucks about the things you love to do. So people who I tend to just want to be around all the time, the independent women, mm -hmm. quote unquote, who I want to be around all the time or who I'll see at a panel and be like, who is that? Are the ones who are so passionate about what they're doing that I'm like, oh my God, I want to either do that thing or have that same amount of passion for my own path, like activities. Or I want to like just be next to you because I know you're really excited about mm -hmm. what you're doing. And they're leading from love energy. They're not doing these things to hurt or oppress somebody else. They're just authentically, unapologetically themselves because that's how they know to contribute positively to the mm -hmm. world. Uh, yeah, no, those are amazing points. I the, the reason I specifically ask about like, what are some of the misconceptions? Because I think there are a lot of young women out there, um, young, old, whatever, um, women out there who actually are kind of scared to be independent or take on that role because they feel okay. like these are the things that it's associated with. I got you. So um, can I you, add one thing yeah, to that? Yeah, yeah, please. Really quick, sorry to interrupt you. I'm just like, I want to not, not no, forget no, this. No, no, I love it, yeah. Um, I think that we teach young women that their value comes from their looks and that they have to be desirable by men. Mm -hmm. And there's a construct of what's assumed as desirable by men, which oftentimes comes at our expense. It's like be demure, be like um, go in the flow of what they want to do, mm -hmm. follow their lead, um, support them, prioritize their career, be interested in their interests. Um, let like when men are also very needy of women's time. Like, oh so, God, so once nice. men decide they're interested in you, then they're very aggressive with wanting to see you all the time. And so then we, as women feel the need to compromise our values in order to go and, and address that person, because mm -hmm. we're taught that if you're wanted by a guy, that's such an amazing thing. Don't mm -hmm. lose it. And so I can see what you mean, where if, if uh, being independent might come at the expense of somebody liking you or feeling like it does, then people are afraid to be their most authentic self. But I'm, I feel like that's part of your own work. Like that's part of our own freedom as women. Mm -hmm. If you decide that you are willing to compromise your own authentic self to be in a relationship or to be with a partner, um, that's a, you have to make that sacrifice knowingly and, and then maybe being sort of independent is something you relinquish. Mm -hmm. so if you want to be independent, you have to be brave enough to say, I'm going to be my most authentic self at any cost yeah. and, and 
continue being that person so that I bring into my life the partner who's right for me. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes from like that self-love and self-talk that yes. you give yourself. Um, duh. I did this the other day too. Self-love and self-talk that you give yourself. Yeah, you were, yes, that's what I mean. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, what you're saying that you won't be feeling all of these other things, this other pressure, if you're reminding yourself that it's okay for you to also come first and it's okay for, you know, every relationship is a balance. Sometimes you're going to have to do things the other person likes and you don't like to do it and that's vice versa. But there are also times when, you know, it's okay to be like, hey, you know what, just because you want to hang out right now, but this is like my weekly yoga time and this is my de-stressor and I have to have this, it's okay to be like, this is it. Or to have a standard for yourself, you know, to say, oh, I don't accept this kind of behavior. Like being able to, you know, again, I think the misconception is independent women. And I'm speaking specifically to uh, girls and women out there who are codependent potentially, or just genuinely dependent. Like, you know, there are a lot of girls who just like you know, having the sugar daddy yes, and whatever it is. We, that's the thing. We have to remember that if we define our self-worth via the validation of external factors mm -hmm. like a partner, then we set ourselves up for emotional failure or for yes. emotional trauma because when that person gives you love and validation, you feel like you're on top of the moon. Mm -hmm. But the next day, if they take it away or if they like somebody else's uh, page, you know, or if they um, don't call you back immediately, your mood switches mm -hmm. quickly and you feel so sad and if you put your um, joy dependent on somebody else it's not consistent and so you set yourself up for enormous pain mm -hmm. and it's not worth it I think that it's about loving as you said loving yourself which just to me means like knowing yourself like knowing I'll tell you one thing I kind of have a bunch let's say each person has a bunch of traits mm -hmm. that are themselves I basically bucket my own traits as Kieran in two different piles. One is a pile of traits that I want to like improve on, you know, um, and try to change. And like you can see I've grown as a person since I was a child just by working on changing these things. So like if in a partnership you notice you have an ugly quality that needs to be worked on, you do the work to change it so that the partnership can flourish. But then there's another bucket of, of, of uh, traits that's, no, this is me. I've been like this since I was two. I've been like this since I was 15. I've been like this since I was 20. I've been like this today. These are not going anywhere. So then you have to optimize for those traits. You have to say, I know I'm going to be like this. So mm -hmm. therefore, I'm not even going to put myself in this situation. Or I know awareness. I'm going to be like yeah. self-awareness. So all these different things, once you know yourself, you can also choose as you said the environments you want to operate in and the environments you want to say no to and i that's hugely important because i tell like you know actually the the last guy i was dating a uh, 28 year old <laughs> that's his nickname on the show um i talk about like we used to have the, this beef where he would want to do certain things and i and i literally would be like hey dude i know me i have done these things i realized a long time ago i didn't like it and so I'm not going to do it. And it would be a, something as simple as like, how, I'll be honest, it was like a rave. I was like, I've been to raves when I was like 16, 17 in Montreal. Like, I'm not good in crowds. So let me ask you this. When he, what, did he want you to come to be supportive to him? Like, when do you decide? Oh, no. So those times I would go. But how there do were you times decide like, yeah, when it's like a give versus like a, you need to protect your energy? So for me, energy. it was New Year's Eve. So other times he likes to go clubbing and stuff. I'm also older. And I was like, I don't really want to go to certain things. But cool, like he really liked it. So I would go. But like New Year's Eve to me, I'm like, look, that's a lot of people. I have claustrophobia. I'm really not good in crowds. Like I'm really not good in crowds. So that, yeah, so New like, Year's Eve, I that's when you should both choose something that you yeah, both love. But I right. was actually okay with it. And I said, hey, look. I'm totally fine and happy like New Year's Eve as a as a milestone day doesn't mean anything to me because I, I hate like putting value on random days that mean shit like it could be any day but I was like why don't you go and I will see you on the first like I'll do my thing you do your thing I totally support you going for this just don't pressure me to go do something on a day that I know I'm not going to enjoy it because I've already done this Love several that. times and but I'm, I'm happy for you to do you. And then I'll see you on the first and we'll have our jam That's and awesome. like cool. And I think another thing that you just reminded me of is how important it is to communicate. Mm -hmm. And the more we do the work to know ourselves, um, 
we should then communicate those things with love to our partner. Yeah. And in the way, same way you just told me, like if a partner told me that and explained that, I would do one of two things. I would just either be really grateful and be like, cool, like I can't wait for the first and go do that thing. Or I would say, no, actually, like just your empathy of even showing me that empathy is so cool. I'd rather find a happy middle ground for us to both enjoy New Year's together. Yeah. And I think when one person compromises, I'd like to believe the other partner also opens up and sees that. Yeah. Empathy. And, and in his defense, he definitely tried. He had already bought tickets and he couldn't sell it. So I was like, hey, it's really not a big deal. Like go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just like didn't go the whole weekend. He went for one day. He came home early and then I saw him on the first. For and sure. I was like, great. And I think like, that was good. Your communication made him like have that like um, want to meet you yeah. halfway. It's awesome. And but I think like in general, women need to you know be aware and and that doesn't mean completely shut off because like I said I did go to other clubs and other events and things that wouldn't normally have been like the place I would go but he wanted to go and I was like cool I'm down but there's also a line like of where your comfort meets their com meets their wants and so you have to like balance it but that comes with awareness and then like being independent is expressing that in like a kind way we don't yep. have to like be like listen, fucker, I told you I'm not going to totally, fucking go. It's just totally. like, hey, dude, this is how I really feel. And, and also, here are my examples of why I already know I feel this way. Totally. And I think um, a lot of times we don't voice our opinion because we're afraid mm -hmm. of the repercussion. And if you already feel that psychological um, intimidation or fear, it's, a, it's not the right partnership for you. And I've been in partnerships where I don't feel... Um, like if I say my fullest thing, I'll just be met with so much resistance. I don't even want to deal mm -hmm. with it. And then those are the kinds of partnerships that fail pretty quickly. You yeah. have to create what's called psychological safety for each other, where both you to him and him to you, you to her and she to you or whomever, you feel like you both can bring things up without the other person like shutting it down. Mm -hmm. And I think another part of like self-love is knowing that you're enough. Like I think that's something like we really like I wish... I wish I had known that when I was younger, you know, is that no matter what, like I'm enough. And so that, so that it isn't like you said, the, the abundance versus scarcity mentality, right? And women tend to get into this and people of color in general are known to get into this. It's not common within like the Absolutely. Caucasian community where it's like, you feel like there's only one spot and you're all competing for that one spot. And women tend to feel that way. It's like, well, if she's a pretty one, that means I'm not pretty. And I'm like, why can't, like, guys never, ever, ever think like that. No guy walks in the room and is like, he's better than me. They think they're all the fucking shit. And, like, women are trained to think that scarcity mentality. And, and it comes from, like, knowing, hey, we're all enough. And thank God that we all have different interests. We all look differently. We all speak differently. We all um, have different personalities because the there's somebody for all this. of us. Absolutely. I think the internet um, helps with that. Instagram, Facebook communities. I'm just seeing like so many people are finding their tribe online. Mm -hmm. um, I think back in the day, maybe it was only one super pop star and one super hip hop star or whatever. And now we have so many hip hop stars and pop stars that are existing on the charts simultaneously mm -hmm. because you can have so many different fan bases and tribes online. Yeah. And I mean, the whole collab uh, concept, right, which is so awesome for like YouTube and, and stuff like that, where um, people don't feel as threatened now, like you were kind enough to come on here. This That's a collab, you know, and totally. it's like it, it and now it's like our audience gets to learn amazing things from you because of that. And no, there is like it's like. I could never be you. You know what I mean? And that's the beauty of it. That's what's fucking awesome about it. And and if people start realizing, like especially women, that we don't have to hate each other, it's just like my best friends are fucking gorgeous, all of them. And I, I'm like, yeah, my fucking best friends are gorgeous. Doesn't make, doesn't take anything away from me. It just means that they are. That's it. Totally. And like you know, and so like I think when when we start kind of. Um, cultivating that self-sufficiency, we can hold our own when it comes to our wants and needs in a secure way. And I think it, instead of what we were talking about earlier, kind of coming at people or as a simple thing we had, we had spoken about last week, instead of um, demanding respect or commanding respect. And guys always listen. Like whenever I put my foot down in a kind way to people, they've literally been like, oh, fuck yeah that's Thank the madam you. that's the madam sort of mentality that i yeah I, exactly I agree with you for sure um 
how can before we before we wrap this up what what advice can we give to guys who mm. who are dating the ind- who or who want to date the independent woman what can they do i think it's about not only you know um taking lead in the relationship in the way that you might organically do so but also um serving in the relationship giving like paying attention to the details of your partner and saying how can I channel my own emotional intelligence and notice what it is that makes this person happy and makes this person feel good and makes this person feel free and their best selves? Because if in a partnership you're allowing, you're the reason why that person feels really good, they're going to keep coming back to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think you create value for yourself, not by demanding somebody else's time or demanding something from somebody, but by giving them what they need to be their best self, because I would like to believe that makes them only come back to you more and more. And oh, totally. I think like every independent girl would always say like a secure guy is the sexiest guy because um, he should know that that while independent kind of women can seem uh, intimidating, she's choosing to be with you because it's so conscious, because she knows herself, because she knows what she wants. She's choosing to be with you. So accept that love and challenge her. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like, you know, really empowered kind of people want to constantly be challenged. Like, and I don't, I don't mean, know if I want to be challenged. I don't mean I just want to be cuddled. This is true. You, I, I, a good cuddle does work, but I just mean like you can like somebody helps you to also constantly yes. want to be better yes. and show Evolve. up every day Evolve, yeah. and be better than your sure. than you were yesterday. For sure. Because I don't like, I think I get when people say that they want to play devil's advocate. Like, let's say we're in conversation. I understand the value of that, but it just, that's not the way that makes me feel like I'm evolving. Yeah. You're right. It's like when the person is like, babe, just make sure you consider X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. I love you and make sure you thought about this, this, this mm-hmm. too, because, you know, and, and then it feels like they're on my team. Yeah. It feels like gentle in the way they're saying it. Yeah, and I don't mean challenge, like taking her for a duel. Right. I just mean like, <laughs> you know, like you. when you're in something, maybe I, like I feel like we're probably uh, independent types. Um, I might be wrong too. And it's okay for somebody to be like, you know to tell us yeah or challenge me to show up for you even more yeah. like where i wouldn't have even thought about it totally. and you're like you know again 28 year old once told me he's like why don't why didn't you just cook me dinner one time and i, I was love like, it oh i never thought you wanted me to and he's yeah. like well you never said it and i was like oh okay well then That's this beautiful. day we're gonna do dinner cute never happened because we broke up no. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good um uh, guys, to, to end this off, here's a, here's a nice little quote. Um, here's to strong women. Maybe we know them. Maybe we be them. Maybe we rate them. Um, madam, I was about to call you Karen, and then I was like, I, brain fart. I was like, I don't know which one she wants. Um, we're going to go with six questions. So we do every segment, uh, six questions. Uh, it's like our dating version of the Bernard Pivot questionnaire that was made famous on. That's okay. Do that again. Which one do you prefer, Karen, Karen? Karen. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I stopped. Um, okay, Karen, are you ready? Because we're going to do six questions. It's our dating version of the Bernard Pivot questionnaire made famous on Inside the Actors Studio, but this are our original six questions. You good? Ready. Okay. Karen, what is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? When they are really glowing. Mm-hmm. What is your one deal breaker? Um, maybe somebody who doesn't love to like eat, eat healthily and, and, and exercise and someone who maybe doesn't value their own health. Mm, That's a good one. What turns you on? Um, when someone's really loving, when they have love energy. Tell us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships. My strength is that I'm a good communicator and I'm very emotionally intelligent. I'm very dialed into the needs of my partner and uh, I'm always told that I'm able to predict their needs without them telling me and that's something that's very important to me because that's what I want. And then maybe a weakness is um, maybe having really high expectations, like really expecting um, this person to kind of be there for me in a certain way that I really want instead of allowing the time that it takes to actually build that for with them I think when you're developing a relationship things take time and I think maybe I expect too much in the in the beginning fair enough um what is love um 
love is being caring and thoughtful for somebody else and, and genuinely wanting to see them thrive. And love is being fearless. Love is um, being your most authentic self. And uh, love is like just joy energy. I know you'd give a good answer for that. Yeah, your last one. Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I saw Miranda July speak the other day, and she was so funny. She was like, you know what compliment I really wish I could get from my partner? She was like, I really wish my partner would come up to me and be like, damn, you're so fuckable. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. You are so fuckable. Nice. I like it. Um, Karen, thank you so, so much for being on the show with us today. How can everybody find you on socials? Um, I would love if you could stay in touch on my Instagram, which is Madam Gandhi. And then we post all of the upcoming shows and tour dates, um, on my website, madamgandhi.com. So guys, that's M-A-D-A-M-E-G-A-N-D-H-I. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. Follow us. We're also on socials, uh, at kind of dating on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, if you didn't know, Kind of Dating is presented by Meltdown Comics. Come visit us, 7522 Sunset Boulevard here in L.A. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you can, take a few seconds and review us on iTunes and download the rest of our shows. We'd be very grateful. And send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is brought to you by Meltdown Networks. We've been created and hosted by Natasha Chandel, producer and audio engineer Mackenzie Mazel, associate producer Aisha Holden, social media coordinator Sydney Standard, theme music Joe Lorenzetti, logo character illustration by Jenna Yenick, and logo and motion graphic designer K. Daniel Ellis. We only have 30 seconds to describe the newest specialty flavor in the signature crafted recipes collection by McDonald's, garlic white cheddar. It starts with crispy, juicy, and delicious buttermilk chicken, layered with a dramatic drizzle of delicious, delectably creamy garlic aioli, a crunchy medley of crispy garlic chips, topped with a slice of melty white cheddar cheese, finished with iceberg lettuce and a juicy tomato slice all between a soft warm artisan roll. <sighs> Luckily, you can take all the time you need to savor it. And don't forget to make time to savor our other signature crafted recipes, pico guacamole and sweet barbecue bacon. I participate in McDonald's for a limited time. We only have 30 seconds to describe the newest specialty flavor in the signature crafted recipes collection by McDonald's, garlic white cheddar. It starts with crispy, juicy, and delicious buttermilk chicken, layered with a dramatic drizzle of delicious, delectably creamy garlic aioli, a crunchy medley of crispy garlic chips, topped with a slice of melty white cheddar cheese, finished with iceberg lettuce and a juicy tomato slice all between a soft warm artisan roll. <sighs> Luckily, you can take all the time you need to savor it. And don't forget to make time to savor our other signature crafted recipes, pico guacamole and sweet barbecue bacon. I participate in McDonald's for a limited time.